Thank you for tuning in again. I'm Coretta, and welcome to Sister Love. So I had an opportunity to rewatch a couple of episodes of Power over the weekend as I was getting a little binge watch on. Um, I'm a big Power fan. I love the show. I love the characters. They keep me engaged. And something really stood out to me this episode. Um, I've seen it several times, and... It was about Lala finally stepping up in her character as Keisha to her former best friend, Tasha. And so I'm watching the episode and I'm thinking, you know, there's a couple of things that I didn't catch before. Like any good show or movie, you see something and you're like, oh, I didn't catch that detail in the background. Oh, that stood out to me a little bit more. But the thing that stood out to me by watching that show was the power of boundaries. So that's what we're getting into today, the power of boundaries. Um, I, for me, that's something that has been a work in progress and will continue probably into the day I take my last breath. Um, I'm a very laid back, chill person. I've always had the mindset of if I've got to write a script for how everybody has to engage in me, that's too much work and maybe you shouldn't be in my life. But as I continue to get older and different people that I meet push on me a little bit to rethink my thoughts, there are some key lessons that I saw in that episode with Keisha. So I want to dissect some things that I saw come across my screen for the first time in comparison to seeing this episode several times. So heads up, there may be some spoilers. If you are a power fanatic and have not gotten through season five, you might not want to go too far because there's some things and this is a season six episode that I'm referencing. But if you haven't gotten through season five, there's some definite spoilers or some things that are um, reaches five. Obviously the finale in season six. And then definitely if you haven't seen all of season six, I'm not going to go in detail, but just heads up. I'm going to talk a little bit about the episode as bland as possible one intellectual property two there may be some people who want to check out either seasons of um power and then three it's not about what happened in the episode it's about the takeaways so to set up the scene before i kind of dissect it in a way that i want to talk about boundaries the scene has um the character of keisha again played by lala anthony having to go to bat for her lover and people who used to be her friends slash family friendships. Um, and this is about the second or third time in a short span of time that when I say go to bat, that means she's sitting in front of police enforcement, having to give statements that aren't necessarily true or they're partially true. And Keisha is growing to resent having to cover putting her neck on the line also she has a lot of fears about the safety and well-being of her son or or child in the um in the show as she has to continue to go deeper deeper being involved as a false witness for people that she loves or used to love so now as I'm watching this episode, a couple of stark things happen. I, I love this episode because she finally stands up to somebody she used to adore. Historical context. When the first season of Power comes out, 
Keisha is the homegirl character of Tasha St. Patrick. Tasha has all the who's who's, brands, clothes, shoes, bags, anything that a typical fashionista would die for, she has it. And she usually has a lot of exclusive things that have come out before everybody else can get their hands on it. And there's a lot of different scenes in the first year or two or season one or season two of Power. You usually see Keisha and Tasha's closet trying something or they're out and about and she's complimenting something that Tasha has access to. But towards the end of Power, i.e. towards season five and six, their friendship is in a different state. Tasha's not on top of the world as she was like seasons one through three. And there's been a power dynamic shift between the two of them. And Tasha's not on top or she's not as glam powerful as she was in the beginning. But Keisha now has assumed some of that authority or position, if you will. But nevertheless... Because Keisha and Tasha see each other as family or family friendships, however people have a cute nickname for it, Keisha's willing to do anything possible to look out for both of their children. And that usually requires her to do some things that she wouldn't voluntarily do, but she does it out of a sense of obligation. So in this particular scene in I think season six Tasha has come one more time but unfortunately Keisha just already had an interesting moment with her lover who is Tommy and she's distraught by the time that Tasha comes by to visit Tasha is so one track mind she's not acknowledging the visible ooh my homegirl's not doing very well moment because Lala Anthony in character has tears streaming down her face or her face is red from where she had been crying. Her voice isn't as sturdy as it normally is. You can tell she's upset. Tasha's literally there for her favor, wants to get in, wants to get out. And after a couple of rounds of conversation, it gets to a point where Keisha, who is again Lala Anthony, is not having it. She's over Tasha's finesse, the manipulation, the you just came here to get what you need and that's always been your MO and you've never cared about me. And by that point, Keisha's resentment has bubbled over. Somebody gets put out of the apartment and it's Keisha's apartment so we know who didn't get put out. And I love that scene. I always find myself clapping my hands, cheering, laughing like, yeah, put out. We all know I say a little bit more colorful than that. But there's something about that scene that draws me in. And I know exactly what it is. She's standing up for herself. And the reason why I say it resonates with me because I've always been an outspoken person. I've always been a person, for the most part, always speaks my truth. My mom taught me to thine own self be true. I keep those words, those are, that's my center. But it has taken me years to do my voice work. And that is the central portion of boundaries for me. There have been times in my life where I didn't call a thing a thing because I probably didn't have the words 
or I hadn't connected the dots to know that that thing might have been a trigger or that thing is an expectation that was in my mind, but not verbalized or not agreed upon with whomever I'm having a dispute or a tough moment with. And watching Keisha bubble over reminded me of the times that I allowed things to bubble over in order for me to stand up for myself. And part of who I want to be and continue to grow through is not waiting till things get thick or tight to have those boundaries. And if you will, take a moment in your own space, wherever you are, whether you're in the kitchen cooking or if you are out on a bike ride or if you're at work, whether it's remote or in the physical space of work, like if you have a second and it's not going to call you, cause you a hazard, think about what boundaries and voice work look for you. Are you the type that you have a lot of proactive pieces to yourself and as you meet new people, you're able to speak to what you need out of a connection um, without sounding like you've got a book of 400 rules? Or are you one of those people like you're more laid back and as you get to know people, you peel back layers and you ask for what you need? Or are you one of those people that, yeah, Coretta, to be honest, it's usually too late by the time I get to those boundaries. Something happens and I have to be retaught a lesson of, ooh, that's an ouch for me. Or, ooh, that's a no-go for me. Or, ooh, actually, all these pieces don't work. And none of those are wrong answers. We all just navigate life differently because our experiences have shaped what communication looks like and how to ask for what we want and ask for what we need. Another part of that episode that struck me before they even got to the part where somebody's sticking up and saying, hey, you always use me. It's something that the character Keisha, played by Lala Anthony, didn't articulate. I was watching Lala and Tommy towards the end of the episode basically get back on even terms. But at a certain point, I found myself tilting my head. It was really unique because my mind, after processing Lala tossing, um, tossing Tasha out of her home, I started thinking about what else has she put up with? And that went back to the relationship. This isn't Lala's first round with Tommy. This is the first time that they made it work or try to make it work but as I looked at the dynamic of the sacrifice and Tommy was and is able to talk Lala into holding it down for all of them that need her alibi and witness and not to flip and not to tell or try to fill in the blanks um, with police authorities it dawned on me everything that this character has done in this show almost has been at the sacrifice of herself she has shifted and become someone else to maintain what she wants that's neither good or bad it's neutral as far as I'm concerned watching a character on a show but in real life as I'm watching this, so let me say it plainly, you have Tasha who runs a shop, is a single parent, keeps her son together, 
does well for herself. And then by the end of the completion of the show Power, she's madly in love with a killer who is also a distributor. She's having to constantly lie for a friend that don't love her. She puts up with any inconveniences and nuances, such as people coming into a shop, threatening you because of who you're associated with, almost being killed, aware and unaware, and much more, all by associating with people who do things that she's not willing to do, but because she wants to be, in some respect, a part of this life, She's paying the cost for this association. And for me, by the time that I started pulling pieces together towards the end of the episode, it goes off and I pause my television. I took that mirror and, and, and cast it on myself. Because at that moment, I, I said to myself, Coretta, at what point have you started doing different things for something that you want but it's not the real you. Because essentially, that's what this character Keisha is doing. Keisha is about to strain and narrow. She may have grown up in the hood, per se. I don't know her whole backstory. Or she may be from urban spaces. But she's not a rider like her homegirl, Tasha. She rides as long as it's not going to put her child at risk, her ambitions at risk, flip her world upside down. She's not built for this life, but yet she steps in a ring and puts herself in a role to be a ride or die. But she's not built for ride or die. And at that moment, I had to think, because ride or die, I have a best friend, and we use that term all the time because ride or die came out when, you know, Eve was beats, that whole Rough Riders movement when we were in college. Back then, that described how we navigated life. We were ride or die. For our friends, for our family. Didn't matter who let us down. It didn't matter whatever. We self-sacrificed for the good of others and put ourselves last because that's all we knew. The women in our life that were older and more responsible, that's what they did. We watched our moms, grandmas, aunts, and whoever name it, teachers, politicians, whomever, that were women identified, especially black women identified, there are all the atlases, or you can gender the name atlas if you like, but they were all atlas carrying the world on their shoulders, the community world, the family world, the religion and spiritual world, um, the work world. All those worlds were carried on their shoulders, whether they wanted to opt in or not. And by watching this character of Keisha take on pieces that she didn't initially sign up for, but became complacent and complicit, in this world that really wasn't her, I had to think, where have you sold yourself off? Because you didn't either put boundaries in or you didn't adhere to the boundaries that surround the principles of who you are. And there's several places across time. Like, I remember times I would hang out with different people when I was still living in South Carolina. I would come to Georgia, hang out. I know full well how long it takes me to get back to South Carolina. And because it's my favorite song, so like I'm going to hang back two and three more hours than I should. And then I'm on the road late or I'm trying to stay over the night and then get up first thing in the morning and get back so I can shower, freshen up and get my day together. 
Well, who came to South Carolina and did that for me? People visited, but not they none of those folks would have like, oh, I'm not no. When people had to go, they left. They didn't do that extra thing. I can't get mad at them for that. That was Coretta. Or there'd be times I, I remember I used to love celebrating people's birthdays. I still do. Um, in different holidays, but not the way I used to. Because after a while, that lack of boundaries made it not fun for me. Because what would happen is, because I'm so... I would give the world for somebody else. And I didn't realize just because you do doesn't mean others have to or should, right? We're all made different. And there's love languages that help us navigate some of that. Um, but I would go all out for people's birthdays. Not that, that I was looking for them to do that for me, but it was never good enough. When I say it was never good enough, I remember one particular friend, like, I had sent flowers and all this other stuff because I knew financially I just needed to chill out and not burn my wallet that weekend. And it wasn't like, well, I didn't see your birthday coming. Like, let me send myself. Let me represent myself. And I get it. It was one of those, that person was grateful for the gift, but they also let me know, like, they really wanted me in person. And it was one of those, everybody has a right to want what they want. But back then, I wouldn't say I was a 100% people pleaser, but there was, there are those certain people who I would bend for, but then I would still feel a weight. And at some point in your life, you got to step back and not do those things. But back then I was young. I was in my 20s and early 30s. I ended up going to spend a weekend for somebody's birthday out of guilt and out of obligation. I felt bad because, oh, it's your birthday and you really just want me there. But Coretta, you said what you said and you did what you need to do for yourself. And that reminds me of a mentor of mine. Um, her name's Tisha. She used to tell me when you do something for the first few times, it feels awful because you're not used to doing it. But she said practice makes perfect. And the more that you do it, the more that you find that it doesn't hurt the way you think it hurts. You just get acclimated to doing what's best for you. And it took me a while to get there. And over years I have, it's not even a big deal anymore. And it's not that I don't care. It's if I got to work doing somebody something, I am so sorry. But I'm not going to resent something that helps me express myself and grow as a professional because you have um, whatever it is that's coming up. If I can be a part of it, I will. But if I can't, it's got to be okay. Because if you flip the script, and as I would learn over the years, people have no problem telling me no. I just had a problem sticking to my nose or articulating those in a way where it's like, hey, it may be a letdown, but it's okay. You know, it's not out of malice. I got to go take care of myself. And it takes time. Um, if you're a younger person hearing that, you do not have to chop your friends off um, if you find yourself in these situations. But I would say get with somebody who you know does have some stronger boundaries and is good at saying no in a way that's not harmful and figure out how do you arrive at a healthy, I'm gonna put myself first. Because that's really what no really signifies. It's no, and know why your no is a no. And then lastly, I call it the be real segment. I think looking at this moment in that show power, in that segment, and going back to what I said, this young lady was living in one particular 
lifestyle. But then because she was associating with people who underneath the surface was living a different lifestyle, she found herself pulled in. In reality, nobody pulled her in. In reality, she made a choice to be with them, meant to accept that life, and she did. And for me, and and I said it in my first episode, counting the cost, and I think that's what the Be Real segment is. You got to be real with yourself. Am I willing to pay this cost to be connected to this person? Am I willing to self-sacrifice to be connected to whomever? Or the things that I know I need to say no to or put myself as a priority, how do I start to do that? What do I have to trade off or trade up thinking about business? What do I need to replace things with in my life so that I can do this for myself? And it's okay if this doesn't come natural for you. If this does come natural for you, then bravo to you. And then maybe look out for some of us that it doesn't come natural for. You don't have to tell us what to do, but we probably could use some of your words of wisdom or learn from some of your stories and glean from those Um, because we're all in it together. As you continue to get to know me through these podcast episodes, I tell a lot of stories, but I'm telling them because something that was important to me growing up, I used to call it the auntie and them generation. And I felt like there was a generation of, of people, my parents' age and above, mostly boomers, who did not give us the tea. They did not walk us through the why, the how, the what, and the where. We were just told a whole bunch of things not to do and no context. And so guess what? We're going to end up doing these things, not out of spite, but you didn't give me a full picture. I don't need you to give me ABC one, two, three, but can you give me some context? And so for me, I don't want another generation, whether it's an inner generation, whether it's a younger generation, whether it's an older generation. I don't want people to continue to do life in isolation, uh, unaware, or because no one is being transparent with some of their mistakes and some of their valleys and hills, people think they're going through things alone or nobody else has experienced the intensity that they have. Trust me, I've made every mistake in a book when it comes to boundaries, but yet here I am. And I can say it in a way that I've had to learn how to love myself through some of my boundary slip ups. Um, and that's a part of being real. I have to be real and say at 41, I can just dissect for you all in a couple of minutes my inability to say no and mean it back in the day. Well, I've had time to work through it. And I've had time to forgive myself and forgive other people. And I've also had time to honor and say, I'm glad that I've been able to live long enough to make some of these mistakes and tell somebody about it. And so as you go along your week, whether it's your work week or your personal week or however you want to classify your week, think on your boundaries. Are they powerful? And if they are powerful, why are they powerful? For me, when I say power of a boundary, I'm really saying for myself, and I say I hope for you, the power of managing your energy, the power of respecting yourself, the power of having honest and open relationships because when you say what you mean and live it out there's no resenting other people there's no which is also projecting 
There's no blaming and displacing feelings and emotions because you validate yourself by honoring yourself. So friends, I hope that this small journey this week will add to your life or your future. Or again, as I always say, if this isn't useful to you, share it with somebody who it is. Or if nothing else, use this as a table talk discussion with your homegirls or your homeboys if you so choose. Um, moms, pops, grandparents, whomever. Again, thank you for tuning in. I'll be back with another share from something that I saw during some of my binging. But until then, be good to yourself, be good to others, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Sister Love.